What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where, well, that was Ty Ring. And no, unfortunately, the Lakers do not have a new ring to add to their championship collection, as we had all hoped and anticipated. But a Ty Ring experience was had for all last night, most especially the Lakers' anxiety-ridden fan base. And I'm so glad, personally that I was not able to watch this game live. It was my girlfriend Sung's birthday last night, and me and her friends planned a beautiful surprise birthday party for her at the Santa Monica Beach. Uh, We flew out her sister all the way from Atlanta, who she hasn't seen for six months, dressed her up in one of those inflatable T-Rex suits, and surprised the hell out of her and gave her a good time, and it was 100% wholesome, And we ate some good food, we laughed, we cried, and it had nothing to do with the Lakers. And I'm so glad that I wasn't watching any of that because I would have been so engrossed in this game, it would have totally taken me out of the moment and I wouldn't have been able to think about anything else. Instead, I was able to be a great boyfriend, be present for my girlfriend, celebrate her birthday in the best way possible, and I actually had a good time last night. And the night was going so well that I just naturally thought that the Lakers would cap it all off with a championship win to end my night as I rewatched the game. Unfortunately, the exact opposite happened, and I was actually able to catch bits and pieces of this game via the radio. And I'm kind of glad I did because I think I would have been way, way more frustrated if I had been watching everything live. 
instead, I was just hearing John Ireland's uh, frantic voice uh, give me the play-by-play as we inevitably lost. I heard about Anthony Davis's injury via the radio, and actually that was more scary than if I had actually seen what had happened in, in real time, because the way that John Ireland was describing Anthony Davis's injury was just so ominous, and he seemed a lot more panicked. And obviously, because I don't have a visual aid, I, my mind went to the darkest of places. And as I'm driving my girlfriend over to Santa Monica, we're both listening to John Ireland just describe Anthony Davis sprawling in pain on the floor, talking about how he's holding the back of his heel. And we we both look at each other and I'm like, Lakers fans know all too well about Achilles heel injuries and how that can derail not only an entire player's career, but an entire franchise's future trajectory. And so hearing about Anthony Davis's injury on the radio was less than ideal. And I was scared for not even just this championship run, but just the future in general. So um, I guess that's a good place to start. I put good in quotation marks, but yeah, this this Anthony Davis injury, I felt like was a dark cloud over this entire game. And obviously, I don't have a medical background. But I think even after he was able to walk it off and return, and we found out that it was just an aggravation of his heel contusion and his heel soreness that he'd been dealing with this entire playoffs. Um, this is the first time that it became real to me that, oh my gosh, every time he's been on the injury port and every time it said heel soreness or whatever that it's an actual real thing that he's been struggling with. And when he kind of aggravated that without putting any pressure on it, with no inciting incident, that's when it hit me. This is giving me some huge Kevin Durant vibes. Because initially, before Kevin Durant finally tore his Achilles or ruptured his Achilles, he actually had a similar injury back in May where it seemed like he had done it as well he started holding the back of his ankle the back of his heel and everybody who saw the tape were conjecturing they were pretty much saying did he tear his achilles but then he was able to walk it off they they called it a sore leg injury or they called it a right ankle slash leg injury and he inevitably would be able to rehab and make his way back to playing in the playoffs but that initial injury ended up foreshadowing what was about to come, the worst case scenario, him actually tearing his Achilles. And so for me, when I saw Anthony Davis go down tonight, come back in the game, get it re-aggravated, look a little bit hobbled, and seeing him commit to playing in game six, that just kind of scared me all over again and made me think of Kevin Durant because I just hope that Anthony Davis isn't pushing himself too hard, you know? And I hope that this isn't a sign of worse things to come. And that he is able to uh, healthily play on this without compounding issues further. And that we're not eventually going to lead to a snap here. I know Dr. Brar 3CB seems pretty confident that Anthony Davis, um, with some rest and just the proper precautions, will be able to play just fine uh, in Game 6. And so I hope hope he's right. It's just that uh, the recency bias of Kevin Durant going through this just last year and having a precursor to his actual Achilles rupture that looked very similar, that just gives me cause for concern. And as you saw from this game, 
After Anthony Davis went down, you saw LeBron James muttering under his breath, shaking his head. You saw the way that that impacted the rest of the Lakers supporting cast and team. And I feel like it really put them into a shock. And for the whole rest of the game, they saw their life flash before their eyes, as we did as fans. But I think the confidence that we had been riding this entire playoffs run on the backs of two absolutely dominant superstars and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the wind kind of got sucked out of our sails there. Because for the first time, we felt mortality. And I, I think you saw how that pressure got to the Lakers supporting cast because they did not respond in the right way. And for the first time, they realized, oh shoot, we got to step up, step up, because we don't have the safety valve that is Anthony Davis playing at 100% anymore. So what are we going to do? And how are we going to respond? And outside of KCP, you unfortunately saw how the supporting cast ended up responding. They looked like a bunch of panicked chickens with their heads cut off. They were very frantic. They had like a panicked energy about them. They almost felt like Kobe Game 7 against the Celtics vibes. That type of nervous, anxiety-ridden energy was overflowing from guys like Cal Kuzma, Alex Caruso, Markeith Morris, Danny Green, Dwight Howard. Everybody looked so undisciplined, showed no composure. They all felt like the moment got to them and like the moment was much bigger than them. And up until this point, you know, at least as far as the supporting cast is concerned, they've been able to front run. You know, we have a great supporting cast for front running. But as I mentioned on Twitter, now having lost the last two out of three games and not really having a confident stranglehold on a, an already shorthanded Heat team the last four games outside of that first game, add on top of that that now Anthony Davis is hobbled and we're not sure what percentage of Anthony Davis we're going to get, especially on the defensive end, falls squarely on the supporting cast. We know what LeBron James is going to bring. He had a historic performance tonight. He was like 14 of 21, hit six threes, a personal record of his. He was doing everything in his absolute power to get us this win, including making the right play at the very end by passing it to a wide-open Danny Green, who couldn't connect on an open three-point shot. But that shouldn't surprise anyone, right? So yeah, I feel like the pressure is now on the supporting cast and whether or not they can do enough and whether or not they can step up enough to help out a banged-up Anthony Davis and a probably very tired LeBron James, who is trying to haul ass and drag all of our asses to the finish line here. You could tell there was a sense of urgency in his mind to try and do it last night, given Anthony Davis's injury. And look, we almost won. This was a 1.3-point game, but it just felt like the entire game. The Lakers came out with the exact wrong level of focus, as I mentioned, they were undisciplined, unpoised. They just had this frantic energy about them the whole night. And given that this is a closeout game, it's just not what I would have expected from this team. So that was very disappointing. You know, the Anthony Davis injury aside. And maybe the Anthony Davis injury caused some of this nervous energy. But that shouldn't be an excuse, you know. You have a chance to close out this Miami Heat team who's already proven that they demand everybody's respect and so to see the team give the effort that they did not hustle and box out the way that they have been doing you saw all the worst versions of our supporting cast come into the light here and it's very unfortunate timing 
Tonight, the Lakers bench and supporting cast, excluding KCP, lived up to all of the worst concerns that every media pundit has been talking about this entire season. And so right now, it's gut check time for all these guys. And they now have the pressure squarely on them. Can they step up? I believe they can. But you just saw all of that nervous energy manifest itself in the Danny Green open miss shot, the Markeith Morris turnover, all of the missed shots before then, the, the boneheaded plays by Cal Kuzma fouling Duncan Robinson for the four-point play, the flagrant foul on Dwight Howard, Alex Caruso literally looking like a chicken with his head cut off, three turnovers, driving it into the lane recklessly like he's Julius Randle, Rajon Rondo not playing defense, not boxing out, not rebounding the way that he's been rebounding, and taking this game seriously. So we got all the worst versions of our supporting cast. And, you know, KCP had like an amazing run as well. He had like, he had like 16 points. He had that three-pointer uh, in the fourth quarter, topped it off with that breakaway dunk. But actually, if you look at the last five minutes after that breakaway dunk happened, none of the Lakers' bench or supporting cast came through. That's KCP included. KCP missed three additional three-pointers after that. Danny Green missed another three-pointer outside of his wide-open shot. Markeith Morris obviously had that turnover. I believe he also missed a shot. So outside of Anthony Davis's put-back layup and LeBron James hitting his threes and hitting the layups that he did, the supporting cast literally had zero plays where they came through in the last five minutes. And that includes KCP. And that's the exact opposite of what happened in Game 4. When, you know, KCP hit that three-pointer with like two minutes left, I believe. And we actually had guys making shots within that five-minute stretch to end the game. Tonight, past five minutes, no other bench player, no other supporting cast member did anything offensively or defensively to help LeBron James and Anthony Davis out. I think Alex Caruso even got inserted and immediately got a turnover. So a lot of this I, I place on the bench and the three through nine, three through six, the bench unit and supporting cast who's come through for us in this playoffs time and time again, they did not show up. And in fact, not only did they not show up, they ended up all collectively conjuring up the worst playoff games in this Orlando bubble season. And so let's throw the Danny Green wide open miss to the side, the Markeith Morris boneheaded pass to Anthony Davis to the side. There were a lot of mental lapses and plays before those two things happened that sort of compounded before those scenarios could transpire that really sunk us at the end of the day. We never had control of this game. We were always coming back from like 11 to 12 points. And we just need a better focus from everybody involved, especially now that Anthony Davis isn't 100%. And for now, I'm just going to chalk it up to the guys were just shell-shocked this game. They needed time to adjust and adapt to the fact that, oh my gosh, our best player, our 1A player, definitely our best player on both ends, is now hobbled. What are we going to do? Now the light is going to be squarely on us, and how are we, how are we going to respond? And so I feel like we're going to learn a lot about this team. Not about LeBron James. We know exactly what he's going to bring. I mean, he brought closer LeBron James tonight. And I imagine he, he's going to bring a similar version of himself in Game 6. It's all about the supporting cast now. And whether or not they can step up. LeBron James is going to need them more than ever. And like I mentioned, this is the first time in this playoffs run that the Lakers 
are truly facing adversity. To me, this is them with their backs against the wall. They can continue to push that by losing in game six, but hopefully right now, this is enough of a reality check to really get them fearing for their lives. And I hope that their response is not one of more nervous energy that we saw tonight. Look, I mean, sorry, this this podcast is really down, but I believe in these guys. You know, I believe in the Danny Green redemption arc. He's going to hit a clutch three-pointer in the vein of Meta World Peace Game 7 against the Boston Celtics. And he's going to raise his hands, touch his lips, and raise his fingers to the sky in relief and celebration. We're going to get Kyle Kuzma hitting three-pointers left and right and playing sound defense on a guy like Duncan Robinson instead of fouling him. We're going to continue to get KCP coming through for us consistently throughout the game and proving to be our most reliable role player. We're going to get playoff Rondo once again, giving the utmost effort, but also maybe hitting a shot again, maybe hitting that wing three-pointer that he's been hitting so consistently throughout the playoffs. We're going to need all of these things to once again come into play for us in Game 6. And I think the guys just have to flush this out of their mind, flush it down the toilet, all of that nervous, angsty energy, realize that, hey, we need to step up for Anthony Davis. Whatever version of Anthony Davis we're going to get, we'll take it. But we're all going to have to individually step up for the collective. As this team has done time and time again, this entire season and this entire playoffs. So here is our utmost chance (laughs) to really show our mettle. And hey, this is the playoffs. This is the NBA Finals. It's not supposed to be easy. I think we were all sort of just cuddled up, cozied, sitting on our couch like Pete has been saying, sipping our cocoa. But this is clearly not the case now. And we all have our butts clenched instead. This is what the NBA Finals is about. And it's exciting. It's terrifying all at the same time. But as Zaza Pachulia once proclaimed in an Atlanta Hawks post-game interview in the playoffs, nothing easy, nothing easy. And it'll all be worth it in the end to see our guys rebound from this performance. And again, the Lakers have not lost two games consecutively in this playoffs run. A lot of trends and streaks were broken in that last loss, unfortunately including losing in the Black Mamba jerseys, including the Lakers being unable to close out a closeout game. But the one thing we can still hold on to until disproven is the fact that the Lakers haven't lost two consecutive games in this year's playoffs. And we have to hold on to that hope. And so here we are, game six. I'm expecting another bang out historic performance from LeBron James. I'm hoping Anthony Davis just doesn't re-injure that or re-aggravate that heel injury. And I'm expecting a much better supporting bench performance from our role players. We just need two or three more guys to step up. We need that 19-point performance from Cal Kuzma in Game 3. We need that 19 performance from Markeith Morris in Game 3. He frankly hasn't been looking good at all. And we just need the guys to lock in and be more focused and composed. So... Here we go. This is what the playoffs are about. Much props to Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. It's really hard to dislike a guy like Jimmy Butler who just gets it, you know, on both ends. He's not pretentious. He's a hard worker. Every time he smiles, it's not one of arrogance. 
not one of smug arrogance that I've seen from, you know, Jamal Murray or, or Damian Lillard or whatever. He has the appropriate respect and fear of LeBron James and the Lakers, but he also knows that given how hard he's worked, everything he's had to overcome, that he has as good a shot as anybody to topple quote-unquote Goliath. So, yeah, this is a slugfest, and Game 6 is going to be quite the match. And, yeah, buckle up, folks. It's lit. All right, I'm going to end it there. And uh, the silver lining to the Lakers losing last night is the fact that if the Lakers win in Game 6, the whole Lakers Legacy podcast gang is going to be able to hop on a recording and celebrate rightly. Because scheduling-wise, we were never going to be able to do an immediate post-game reaction to Game 5. So whatever happens in Game 6 or Game 7, you will get the full Lakers Legacy podcast gang reacting. And I'm hoping we react in joy and litness, as we all have nervously been anticipating. But yes, here we go, guys. Shake it off. Flush it down the toilet. LeBron James is our leader. Anthony Davis is hopefully going to be all right. And yeah, the guys cannot play much worse than how they played last night. And by guys, I'm talking about the supporting cast. Danny Green redemption arc, here we come. Literal redemption arc for your three-point shot. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. This was my stream of consciousness game five recap of the Lakers loss to the Miami Heat. And let's get that win wearing our Sunday whites in game six, folks. We'll catch you guys then. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.